Okay, good evening, Rabbi Isai. Welcome back, getting together for another Thursday night, Chumash and Shalom Shir, which means cruising and coasting into the end of another amazing week of uh, richness, muchness, and growth all together. It's been amazing. This is our first post Shavuos week of Torah, our post Shavuos week of Steiging, and our post Shavuos week of of uh, the Chumash and Shalom Shir, our first post Shavuos Shabbos. With a catch, with a catch. Rabbi says, is that, is that correct? Is that correct that this Shabbos is our first post-Shavuah Shabbos? That depends what side of the Atlantic you live on, right? In Chutzlarz, the answer is yes. This is our first post-Shavuah Shabbos. In Eretz Yisrael, this is their second. And with all due apologies to our Olam uh, out there, in, um, our, our Israeli constituents out there in WhatsApp land, we are going to be doing Parshas Nasoi this week. And yes, the next few weeks is one of these funny times of the year, funny years, with a funny time, we're going to be one week off of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael, this Shabbos is leading by Last week with Nas was Nasoi. Eretz Yisrael, as everyone knows, only has one day of the Shuas was Friday. The first day of Shuas was Friday. The second day of Shuas did not exist in Eretz Yisrael. The second day of Shuas for us was a Shabbos. Shuas get got Shuas knocked out. The Shabbos leading in Eretz Yisrael, there's nothing to knock it out. They leaned the Aloisicha Nasoi rather last week. So uh, we, we are going to be a week behind our um, Israeli brethren. And um, again, with all due apologies, we are going to now explore Parshas Nasa. We are going to be caught up. Um, not that long from now. Chukas Balak this year. We got caught up. We're not waiting until Matai's Masse this year. We're going to be making one of those Chukas Balak things. Um, a very interesting combination, which also only happens in Eretz Yisrael. In Chutzlar, it's never happens in Chutzlar, in Eretz Yisrael. It only happens when we have one of these anomalous years. And that's when we will catch up. For the meantime, we apologize. We are going to be one week behind. Um, question. Zevi, question? No question. All right. All right. Statements? Comments? <coughs> Another bold chance? All right. So, without further ado, Parshas Nasai. Parshas Nasai. We're going to explore, I think, two different ideas in Nasai, which I think dovetail with one another. Um, I think they, they complement each other very, very, very nicely. And they kind of are two halves of one whole. Two ideas that almost seem opposites, but but are, are, are synthesized and must be synthesized and blended. Um, for the success and, 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 and the healthy, thriving developments for every Yid. Certainly, Yidin that are married, looking to get married, on the cusp of marriage, on the cusp of Shaduchim, which should bring them hopefully to the cusp of marriage. Something behooves each and every one of us to um, be considering, and, 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 and uh, meaning the, 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 the ideas. The marriage, of course, marriage, you know, we are here in the room, we, we, we are um, divided amongst the people over here who are currently married, and the people who will yet to be married, soon to be married, and um, take your time, kid, that group also, right? But these are Yesaitis that we're going to be exploring tonight, and let's begin with, with, um, with a basic question. A basic question <clears throat> in the in the beginning of the first half of the parsha. So there's two halves of Nasai. Nasai is a mammoth parsha, a whopper of a parsha, and um, happens to be the bar mitzvah parsha of Yaakov Yosef, aka JJ Reber. He got slammed. You know, he's not not our biggest kid. Definitely not not the biggest of the Reber kids. The kids do call come on the smaller side to begin with, but he's not on the bigger side of the smaller size Reber kids. But he got the biggest. He got slammed with with the math parsha. Mamasha Whopper of a Parsha. And, uh, and, and there's, it breaks down really into a few different parts, a few, a few different acts. 
Right, the first half of the parasha we have the, the final, the finaling, the final, final uh, accounting of of Shevet Levi. Um, we have we have the Nazir, we have the Saita, we have we have Birchas Kayanim, and then the second half belongs to the dedication of the Mishkan, the dedication of the Tabernacle within the Siim, and um, the the festivities that occurred on the first of Nisan through the twelfth of Nisan when they erected the Mishkan. That's the second half of the parsha. That's the very well-known half. We learn this on Hanukkah. There's a minute to learn this in the first 12 days of Nisan. To learn that day's um, Nasi. And right before the Nasiim, there's an introduction. An introduction in the beginning of, of the second half of the parsha. What's that introduction? What, what, what goes into the, the Hanukkah's Hamishkan, the parsha's Hanasim? What's the introduction? Who knows? Who's familiar with Nasi? Who else shares this as their bar mitzvah parsha? There's got to be somebody here. Chaim Avner? No. Okay, what, 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 what's going on? What's the introduction, Rabbi? So there's an introduction to the parish of the Nassim. It's the beginning of Perek Zion. So the introduction goes like this. <laughs> I'll, I'll read a few psukim here. <laughs> it was the day that Moshe finished erecting the Mishkan. <laughs> he anointed it. <laughs> he sanctified it. That's called Kalev. All the vessels. The Mizbech. <laughs> So, Moshe finished with the construction and the, 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 the erecting of the Mishkan, putting it up and putting it together. And the Nasim show up right early on Rish Chodesh Nisan, the Pazit tells us. They show up, 12 Nasim show up with what? What do they show up with? What? Wagons. Excellent. This is the introduction. Not with their Karbanis, right? We would, we would have answered perhaps, if Yeshua wouldn't have been in the room, we would have answered that they show up with their kabbalas, right? Right, the 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 parts will be laying again and again and again and again. But they were the Chanukah Sanasim, but they brought the analogy through Yom Yibbeis. That we saw they showed up with all these well, the, 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 the 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 five cows and the sheep and the goats and the and the ketiris. That was that, that happened afterwards. The first showed up with wagons. They showed up with wagons. They showed up with wagons. And this is the part that it's not doesn't get as much focus and attention, but let's read that inside. Vayavi was carbon and they brought their carbon. But was their carbon? Their carbon wasn't yet, again, the list that we have again and again and again and again. No, that wasn't their carbon. That wasn't their first carbon. Their first carbon was Sheish Egloistov. They had six wagons. Ushnei Osir Bakar. And twelve oxen, agolal shnei nesim. They had um, two nesim for one wagon, v'shor leechad. And and uh, each each shevet, each nasi brought an ox. So there were twelve oxen and six wagons. And they brought this by akrivu oisam lefnei mishkan. They brought this korban by akrivu zolashin of a hakrava of being makriva korban. They brought this korban of six wagons and twelve oxen. To Maisha, to the Mishkan. Nobody. Okay, Reb Herschel, I think, is beginning to schmeck ice over here where we're going with this. His nose is to the ground, he's, he's picking up on the trail. Nobody told him to do this. Nobody told him to do this. To do what? To bring 12 oxen and 6 wagons. And the Torah is describing this as a what? A carbon. We're calling this a carbon. So they brought a carbon. What was their carbon? Their carbon was 12 oxen and 6 wagons. 
and and what kind of karma is this? What, what are we doing? We're, we're going to slaughter the oxen and we're going to shech the wagons? And take the wagons and pull the, the wheels off and, and burn them on the Mizbeach? What was their intention with this quote-unquote carbon? Twelve oxen and six wagons. What, 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 what do they want? What a strange carbon, right? To transport the Mishkan. This carbon is being called a carbon, but it's not something that was supposed to be incinerated or slaughtered. They're, they didn't bring the oxen to kill the oxen. They bring the wagons to incinerate or pulverize the wagons. They brought this as uh, a means of, of transporting the Mishkan around the desert for the 40 years that they're going to be in the desert. This is a means of transportation. And the Mishkan was extremely heavy. They had 40 of these beams. Each of these beams, you know, they're 10 amas tall, solid wood coated with gold, um, an amma by an amma and a half. That's, it could be up to two, two feet by three feet of solid acacia wood and 40 of these guys. It's maybe 20 feet tall. You know, these things are, they even, you know, these, these are mammoth, mammoth pieces. And that's, and that's without these, these silver sockets. Each of them has two silver sockets, which weighed, you know, these things literally weighed a ton. So you have to have a way of, of getting it around the, the midbar. This is a mishkan, a portable mishkan. You have to put it up and take it down, put it up, take it down, and go around with it. So um, they, they showed up with a means of transportation, the wagons and the oxen, yes. And they've been called a carbon. A carbon doesn't have to mean something that you slaughter. It doesn't have to mean something that you sacrifice. It means something you, you de- dedicate and donate. So the Mishkan is also called a carbon. That's okay. Th- that's, that's all right. The fact that it's called a carbon, that doesn't really, it's not bothersome. That's not troubling. And it's purpose, that's also not bothersome. That's not troubling. It, had, it was definitely purposeful. Mm-hmm. What's bothering and troublesome is, is a couple things. First of all, Repair is picking up on what he's alluding to. Is that who asked them to bring this? Nobody asked them, right? Nobody asked them to bring it. Um, but what's what we'll get we'll we'll, we'll we'll well come back that we'll dwell on that in a moment. But Hashem tells Moshe now Moshe hesitates. Hashem tells Moshe, Kach take the wagons, Moshe, take the axen. This will be the, the, the this will be there as the transportation for the Avoid of the Almayid. You'll give them to the Levim so the Levim can transport the Mishkan all over the place in the midbar. So Maisha doesn't make a move until Hashem says to take it from them. Rashi says he wasn't sure. Should he take it? Should he not take it? Hashem says, no, Maisha, take it. This is what we're going to use to transport the Mishkan in the Midbar. So let's ask a whole bunch of questions. Building off of this, the, the, the question that Rav Herschel threw out, let's ask a whole bunch of questions here. Say. First of all, what was Maisha's suffix? Maisha, how else are we going to get the Mishkan around the Midbar? Everybody knows that this is a temporary mishkan is there to accompany the Yidden in their encampments throughout the, the Midbar. They're going to have to move around a lot while they're in the Midbar. And this mishkan is impassable to transport just with people. This thing is crazy heavy. It's crazy bulky. It's crazy cumbersome. Of course they need wagons. So A, what's Moshe's hesitation? What's Moshe's hesitation over here? But B, let's ask a better question. That really leads to a better question. Why did they need to bring it all together? Meaning, why indeed did Hashem not instruct them to have wagons and oxen? Why didn't Hashem tell them, Rabbi Yisai, together with making a Mishkan, you need to get wagons to transport this Mishkan, and you need to get oxen to transport the Mishkan. I mean, so much detail went into all the instructions. We have five parshias in Shemois that go through the Mishkan. 
it with all of its intricacies, all of its details, how to make the the the, the aron, how to make the shulchan, how to make the mizbeach, how to make the the krashim, how to make the yirias. So much detail, so many instructions are given that go into the mishkan. As Feltman psukim, did we like run out of psukim? Did we run out of space? Why does the rebbeim tack on at the end of all that? And Moshe tell the tell the yidden that they should also make six wagons because you're gonna need wagons to get this uh, to get this mishkan around the midbar. You know, you need it to transport it and get yourself twelve good, strong, healthy oxen. Why did the rebbeim say that? The rebbeim is fully aware that they need a method of transportation. As as the Nazim are clearly fully aware, that's why the Nazim brought it. Why is Rebbeim like waiting for the Nazim to bring it on their own? Why is this not together with all the instructions of how to make the Mishkan? Because the Mishkan carried itself, the Aron Kodesh. The Aron Kodesh carried itself, not the Mishkan, just the Aron Kodesh. The Aron Kodesh is the only thing that was nice is nice, right? Everything else needs to be carried. Why is the Rebbeim knows that the Nazim are going to come up with this plan, and he knows that we know that we can't carry this on our own. Why are we waiting for the Nesim to suggest this? Why are we waiting for the Nesim to come and bring this to Moshe? Why do we need Moshe to have this whole conference with Akash Baruch Hu? Why didn't the Rebbeim himself just ask for a uh, the wagons and the oxen, right? Rebbeim Maskin is Rebbeim own question, and this is the question of the hour, this is the question of the moment. This is the Whopper of the week. What's going on over here? There's so many different ways of asking this, but boys answer this one question of, HaKadosh Baruch Hu put so much detail into all, and, and, and requirements, and instructions into every aspect of the Mishkan. Why does one get left at? Why is it left with the Nassim's display on their own? Why does the Mishkan have to have this whole conference? Why, why isn't this thrown in to the instructions? A terrorist is like this. This reveals to us that a major, phenomenal, profound, and, and very important yesoid, as we would say. Just a foundational, fundamental idea that is revealed to us over here. Avada, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives the, all the details of the Mishkan in extreme intricacy, intricate, um, intricate, detail-oriented, uh, just every single prat, every single little aspect, nothing, nothing is left to the imagination, right? Nothing is left to conjecture, nothing is left to speculation. The, the dimensions and the materials and how it should look, how it should be made. Okay, so maybe the menorah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't say the branches should be curved, if it should be diagonal. Maybe that was uh, left to a machlek as we tried him. But otherwise, you know, so much, every, everything is, is, mamish, is, is, is mamish right there. Kaftar v'ferach. All the details of the Mishkan are there in exact detail and, and, and um, uh, in, 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 in their intricacies. The Mishkan itself, every aspect of the Mishkan, every detail, every minute intricacy, not just represents, not just reflects, but conducts another aspect of Hashem interacting with the world. Every set piece in the Mishkan is therefore to create another conduit for Hashem's Shefa, Hashem's Bracha comes in through many different forms, and every kli in the Mishkan is there to, to conduct and to, to allow a different interface of Hashem to come into the into the into the into the world. You know the Rishayim tell us the Aron Kaidish is is nevuah, 
the Menorah's Chachma brings Hashem's Chachma into the world, the Shulchan brings Parnas into the world, the Mizbeach brings Kapora into the world, and, and, and the, the layout, the setup, the design is all there for different aspects of Hashem to be able to be manifest to come into this world. That's why all the details are given, because this is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, on his end saying, this is all about me, who I am, and what I'm going to be bringing into the world, what, what I'm ready to project into the world. The only thing that Hashem doesn't supply is the transportation. Like, what's the transportation all about? The transportation is all about the setup, the dismantling, and the transportation. It's all about the where, the where and the how. Not the what. The what, that's Hashem's department. What is it all about? What's the purpose of the Mishkan? What all the different beams of Hashem's radiance that are coming in through the Mishkan, that's the what. That's Parshat Truma, Tetzava, Kisisa, Vayakal, and Pekudeh. The where and the how, that's Parshas Nosa, and that's the Nesim that Hashem doesn't give us. Because how Hashem comes into this world, and how the Shechina shows up, that's up to us. That we determine. That we determine. What Hashem wants to send into the world, that Hashem determines. And Hashem gives prophecy. Hashem Hashem is granting wisdom. Hashem is giving kafar. Hashem is giving parnasa. What is coming in? from Hashem that Hashem determines. But how is it going to come in and where is it going to come? That's up to us, Rabbi Say. The, uh, the, the, the eglois, the, the wagons and the, the, the oxen, the transportation, this is our department. HaKadosh Baruch Hu can't supply that. He can't mandate that. He can't give that command because that's what comes from our end. Building the Mishkan, dismantling the Mishkan, deciding that it's going to stand over here now putting it up over here, how it looks when I erect it over here. When it's time to dismantle it and move on, Rabbi said, that's us. That's us. Taking the Mishkan, taking the Mikdash Ma'at, taking all those pipelines and putting them into place in the world, that has to be our involvement. That can only be our involvement. If that comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's end, if that's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's department, then the world essentially ceases to exist. Then it's Hashem's Shefa, Hashem powering it and pounding it into the world, and then there's no world anymore. We, didn't, we, we don't have a world, there's no world, there's just, there's just a receiving station. That's not what Kosh Baruch Hu wants. Kosh Baruch Hu made a world for us to be on the, re- to, 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 to create the receiving end. Not just to be receivers, to be receptors, not to be, you know, AI chatbots, to be artificially intelligent. Um, Halavai, we'd at least be artificially intelligent, right? Any degree of intelligence is something, right? Nochem Simcha, right? It's Hashem. We're going to first being artificially intelligent, then we'll, we'll try to get some natural intelligence too. But anyway, anyway, Rebbein didn't create a world to be populated by bots, by, by, by chatbots, by artificial constructs. HaKadosh Baruch doesn't need that. The point of the world is for us to create those receiving stations, for us to make a makam over here for the Shekhinah to come in, and that's totally up to us. And that's what has, what's that going to look like? That's going to look like our own personal involvement. Whatever I do, whatever I put together, however I build the Mishkan, however I transport the Mishkan, however I take care of the Mishkan, as it's being transported, whatever love, attention, and affection I give into, I give to that job, that's what the Mishkan's going to look like. So it has to come from us. 
the moment that the Rebbein Shalom not only tells us how to make a Mishkan, but tells us how to transport the Mishkan, then everything's coming from HaKadosh Baruch The transportation, the erecting of the Mishkan, the dismantling of the Mishkan comes only from us and has to be our impetus. It has to be our own involvement. So let's take a step back. Let's just appreciate that idea. A beautiful idea. There's the Shechina, which is so powerful and, 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 and so bountiful, coming with so much blessing to give into this world. And all the blessings show up in different aspects of the Mishkan, whether we have a Mishkan or we don't have a Mishkan. There, we, we, nowadays, our Shemona Esrei parallels the Karbanas of the Mishkan. We have 19 different brachas in Shemona Esrei, each one channeling Parnasa, bracha for wisdom, a bracha for refuah. The same way the Mishkan, all the set pieces of the Mishkan were there to channel different things. The Rebbein Shalom has a certain, a certain array of, the, of all the brachas that he wants to put into this world. Our job and our responsibility is to do that job, to, 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 to bring it into the world with dedication, with affection, and with responsibility. And that's why this needs to come from our ends. We have to come with the wagons. We have to come with, with the accent. We have to say, we need to get this around. We need to transport this. We need to take care of this. We need to move it from place to place. We need to take care now of building it, of erecting it, and dismantling it, and transporting it, because we have to be the ones to create this the, the makam where the Mishkan's going to show up. The makam where the Shechina is going to show up. It was like this back then, and as it was back then, so it is nowadays as well, so it will always be. We're here, you know, we don't have a Mishkan currently, we don't have a base of Mikdash currently. But the Gemara, the Gemara says, Gemara in Saita says that even though the Mishkan was Nignaz, was buried, what it gave to Kleiso is still around. The lesson the Mishkan gave, the Kayak that the Mishkan gave us is still around. Even though the Mishkan was only, as we say, Tzaitvailig, it was only a temporary thing. When we were in the in, in the Midbar, yeah, Tzaitvailig, that was for you. It was only a temporary kind of idea when we were in the Midbar. But the, the, but but on the other hand, for most of our existence, we've been in the Midbar. Klai, so we're still in the Midbar. We're still in Gullis. And Loyavda Sikuyam, the Kayak of the Mishkan, of, of having a, a, a Shechina that goes around with us in Gaulis, that's still very much always with us in Gaulis, which means all the different um, areas of bracha that the Rebbein Shalom is there to give over to the Bri are still there. The pipelines are still active, but we have to create the area where those pipelines are going to show up. The wagons, the oxen, they have to be supplied by us. That's that's the, the first half of this lesson, and, 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 and the Yisoyed, which is such a powerful one, is Whatever the Shekhinah is going to look like is all up to our, our interest. Our interest. How interested are we in letting the Shekhinah come into the world? How interested are we in embracing it, in transporting it, and moving it around? To the degree to which I show up, so to speak, with my oxen, with my wagons, saddle me up, load me up with the Shekhinah. I want to take the Shekhinah wherever I can go. To that degree, the Shekhinah shows up. But it's not that there's a constant, a fixed amount of, of divine Shefa of Shechina involvement, and it's going to be here, come what may, it's going to be here with or without me? No, it's only going to be here with me. And when it's without me, it's a without the Shechina. We're still needed to supply the wagons, Rabbi Yisai. We're still needed to supply the, the oxen. And what that means in practical terms is that we have to realize that in Golis, we still have a Mishkan to bear, we still have a Mishkan to transport with us. And the degree to which the Mishkan is present here in Somerton, Philadelphia, and anywhere in Golis, Anywhere in Gullis. We're all in Gullis. And to our, our, our Achenu, B'nai Yisrael, that are living in Eretz Yisrael, and Gullis and Eretz Yisrael, the degree to which they're bringing the Shekhinah to Eretz Yisrael is determined by how much we're looking 
to supply our own wagons. Come, load me up with the Shekhinah. Load me up with the Mishkan. I'm here to take the Mishkan. The more me, the more Shekhinah. The more I'm interested, the more Shekhinah, the more Bracha, the more Parnasa, the more Chachma, the more Bina, the more Seichel, the more Nevuah, the more Parnasa, the more Rafu is coming into the world, the more I'm looking to be a wagon for the Shekhinah. The more we're looking to be a wagon and how we personalize our own wagons, there's more Shekhinah. The Rebushim cannot and will not and does not supply that because that's not the point of the world. Hashem is waiting with all the Brach, with, with all the Mishkan, with Arn Kodesh and, and with the Mizveach, and 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 with the menorah and all of that, he's waiting to shine that light. But we have to supply the wagons. The nasim have to come. The nasim have to come with the initiative of the wagons, because that's what this world is all about. This world is all about us supplying the transportation, us being the medium into which the shechina will will be able to arise and to shine forth. So far, so good. So it's very much personalized, and and it has to be like we have to see ourselves as the potential to be wagons, the potential to be so saddled and loaded with shechina, and the more that we are making ourselves as wagons, we are each in our own personalized way. The shechina is coming through us. So the mindset and the attitude that we have is is uh, we're opening our mouths wide, we're, we're stretching our backs out. I want to be saddled with with Torah, with chachma, with midas toivus, with with chasadim. With Mitzvahs and Maizim Toivim, I'm making myself into a wagon for you, for your Mishkan. For your Mishkan. And it, if it doesn't come from us, it doesn't come in. If it's not our initiative, then it, then, it, then then the Shekhinah doesn't have a conduit, an entry point to come to this world. That's on the one hand. Now let's shift momentarily sideways to another aspect of the Parashah that almost seems to be making an opposite idea, but the two of them have to be totally synthesized and blended, we're going to put everything together. So on the one that we're saying that the Shekhinah comes into the world in a very personalized manner, the way that we make ourselves into a klikibu, the way we make ourselves into those wagons that are there to be makabel, the, the Mishkan, to that degree the Mishkan is here, to that degree the Shekhinah is here. On the other hand, let's return to that Pesach that we quoted earlier. This is Perak Zayn Pesach Aleph, chapter 7, verse 1. It was on the day that Moshe Kalois concluded Erecting the Mishkan. When was this? This is Rishchaydish uh, Nisan. Rishchaydish Nisan of their um, second year out of Mitzrayim. Rishchaydish Nisan. So Maisha has finished putting the Mishkan up. And it says, Beyond Kalois Maisha. On the day that Maisha was Kalois. What does Kalois mean? On the day finished. that. Finished. On the day he finished. He's bright. Oh, now, Rishchaydish is making an interesting point. Reversal means to ask like this, Kalois, he finished erecting the Mishkan? Uh, you should say Gamar. Gamar is the better word to use, right? Etc. What? Etc. Like, but Gamar means like to conclude. Yeah. Gamar, Siem, Kalois is an interesting word, and Kalois has a double meaning. Kala means a bride. Why are we using a word that has a connotation, a, 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 a um, bridal connotation over here? to describe the conclusion of the Mishkan. So there's an interesting Rashi. Rashi says, Rashi picks up in Rehoshel's Diuk, Rashi says, The day that the Mishkan was erected, Kleiso was like a bride entering the Chuppah. It was, it was, a, it was like a canopy. Was, we were like a Kala coming into the Chuppah. Okay, where's Dove Bear? Dove Bear's not here right now, but Dove Bear's not our Kala, but he's our Chassan, right? He's our Chassan. You didn't know that? Chaim, you're behind the times. 
Toe Bear gets the Mazel Tov. You give, give him a big bear hug. He found Mrs. Bear. He found Mama Bear. He found Mama Bear. Toe Bear. Yeah, he found Mama Bear. Reza Shem, there should be Zeichus to lots and lots of baby bears, right? Was Rashi's text of the Torah different than... What? Was Rashi's text of the Torah different than some other texts of the Torah? Um, the, 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 yeah, it seems that Rashi seems to quote it without the Vav. Kalois, you can read it, Kalas. We have it written with the Vav. It seems that Rashi had it written without the Vav. Which, can, you, can you read that as Kalas? Um, <laughs> Dober Temple. The, 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 you'll see him. I know Eli Yes, Dober. They're cousins. They're cousins. They're from the. They're from the yeah. Yeah. They're from the Bear Clan. Um, so. Anyway, Rashi says that on the day that they built the Mishkan, Kleis was like a kala coming into the chuppah. Now, that's very nice, beautiful idea, beautiful imagery, but we already were a kala. Were we already a kala? We were already a kala by Harsinai. Yeah. Harsinai was, 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 was also a marriage. So how many times do you get married to the Rebbein Shalom? How many times do you get married? This is uh, every Shabbos? Okay, that, that's very confusing then, right? It's like we renewed our vows. Is that a Geisha thing? Don't only Geim renew their vows, right? Isn't that a Jewish thing? Second honeymoon? That's a Geisha thing, no? I mean, not that, you know, we'll take any excuse to go out to eat in Lakewood, right? But, uh, but uh, what's this? Uh, we got married already. We got married by Harsinai. Harsinai was, 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 was a marriage. I mean, this is also a marriage. So if you look carefully in Rashi, Rashi doesn't say that we got married. Rashi says we were a Kala Nechneses L'Chuppah. The Hakamas HaMishkan, when the Mishkan was built, it was a Chuppah. What was Harsinai? Arsina was the Kedushin. Who said Kedushin? Good for you, Zevi. We know the Jewish marriage happens in two, two stages. There's Arisin and Nesuin. There's Kedushin and the Chuppah, right? The ring, Harim, And then there's the Chuppah. There's the betrothal and the marriage. Harsinai was the Arisin. We were like a Mu'ureses. We were, we were engaged. And the Mishkan, Rashi is very, very Meduyik. We were Kekala Nechneses L'Chuppah. We were coming into the Chuppah. So let's take a step back. Harsinai was the engagement. The mikdash was the chuppah, and we also know that there's something else that happens. Not only a different aspect of marriage happens by Har Sinai and by the Mishkan. There's something else that happened twice. There's the marriage happened in two stages. Something else happened in two stages. What else happened twice? What else happened twice? Kleisos counted twice. We were counted on our way out of Mitzrayim in advance of Har Sinai, and we were counted again by the erection of the Mishkan, when the Mishkan was built, when the Mishkan was put up. That's the, the, the Bamidbar, the, the, the counting of Bamidbar really comes right after Nasai, right after the um, building of the Mishkan, Mishkan, the Mishkan being erected in, in Parshas Nasai, we got counted. So it's, let, let, let's, let's draw a few parallels over here. There's a few things that seems to rhyme with each other. We had the first stage of marriage three by Nishalaylam in, in, in when we left Mitzrayim. You see Mitzrayim slash Harsinai. We, that was the Erusin. We had the second stage of marriage, that's the Chuppah, when we built the Mishkan. We were counted when we left Mitzrayim, when we were standing by our Sinai. We were counted again when it's time for the Chuppah, which makes sense, because Kleiso being counted is a Kosh you know, um, lovingly doting on every single member of Kleiso, right? So there's a Av, it's a Chib, it's an affection, a fondness. So when that Kosh Baruch is getting ready to bring us into betrothal, so the Erusin, Sashem counts us up. Who, who is he about to propose to? You have to know how many place to order. And how many place to order. Yes, yeah, 100%. Here's someone who's made chasimus. Good. That's right. Mirza Hashem by us too. Um, yeah. So uh, by all of us. By all of us. Anyway. 
uh, you had a count, you count up, you take stock of the bride when you're going to get engaged, you take stock of the bride when you come to the chuppah. But there's a critical difference in how we were counted by the Kedushin and how we're counted by the chuppah. We were counted by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim in advance of Ma'an Torah. We were also counted in Parashas Bamidbar, again, that goes together with Nasa, that goes together with the Mishkan. R- R- Rashi says that, that um, when the Rebbe came, Rashi says in the beginning of Bamidbar, that the counting of Bamidbar goes together with the Mishkan. HaKosh Baruch Hu is now Mashur the Shechina by the Mishkan. HaKosh Baruch Hu has to count us up, which goes together with this idea of the Kala coming into the Chuppah. Uh, we're coming to the Chuppah, into Hashem's house, so to speak. Hashem's going to rest the Shechina, so Hashem has to count us. What's the critical difference between the count in Shemois, when we're getting ready for Matan Torah, and the count in Bamidbar? What's the difference between the two counts? There was always one with Machsah Shekel. What's the difference in how we were counted? A very critical... How many psukim are, 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 are dedicated to the canting of Kleisol and Shemais and Kisiso? Like one Pasuk. One Pasuk that says that there were 603,550 Jews that left Egypt. There's no breakdown. There's no counting of the families and counting of the tribes. The whole count of Amidabur is about what? Is about what? The tribes. Exactly. The whole avexal, the whole yesoid of the minion is count up to get the family count to get the tribe count the family count the tribe count the family count the tribe count don't just count all the yidden I want to know how many are in Dun and I want to know how many are in each family in Dun I want to know how many are in each subfamily in Dun and and I want to know all the sub counts when we left Mitzrayim there was no count Rebosham counted us when he's about to propose to us he counted us when he's about to get married to us but one was a very complicated count of all the tribes and all the all the shvatim and all the families, and one was just tell me the grand total. What's what's the pshat? How come only by midbar we have this huge huge count, this whole process, and in Shemais we don't? The terrace is Rabbi Yisai. It's a yisoid and chup. It's a yisoid and marriage. What's a marriage all about? Marriage is all about You're coming into a marriage, and this is for the people who are already married, the married men and the soon to be married men. And, and the soon to be considering being married men and the ones to, to, to whom we say not yet kid, right? But for everyone, for everyone Rabbi Yisai, so you get ready for a chuppah a chuppah with anyone, a chuppah is all about what? What am I bringing into the chuppah? What am I bringing into the marriage? A successful marriage has to do with who you are and where you're coming from What's your mesoira? What are your minhagin? Who are you stand from? What's your mishpacha? What's your vesavaisam? Marriage is not about a Jewish marriage is not about well, you know, each year Pesach we're gonna we're gonna have a different way of doing the Seder. Each year Sukkot we're gonna have a different way of doing the Yushpizim. No, there's different menhagim in Klai Yisrael. There's different ways of doing things, everything in Klai Yisrael and and, and Minig Yisrael Tairu, There's so many different beautiful ways of doing things. And who are you? Where do you stand in Klai Yisrael? Where do you fit into the Messiah of Klai Yisrael? This is what your bias is gonna be all about. Who are you? Where do you stand from? What's your your Messiah? Yiddishkeit is not about what do we feel like doing this year? What am I in the mood of doing this year? Let's decide what our Pesach table is going to look like this year. No, 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 no. What's your Messiah on how to make a Seder? And if it has, it's not your parents, it's your Rebbeim. What have you seen by your Rebbeim? But there has to be a Messiah from somewhere. We don't always get it from our parents. We don't always get it from our grandparents. When we do, that's your Messiah. When we don't, you have a Rebbe that you stick to. I didn't say good marriage, a successful marriage. Uh, marriage is about... As, as the, the husband is is the is the av bezin and the nasi of the house. And then a woman sh- uh, thinks that she is, she's the av bezin. 
A successful marriage is when she's looking to be an Ezer Kenegdoi, she's looking to be that Shutzif to the husband, and he comes in with an uh, understanding. She looks at him, she wants a leader, she wants a manik, she wants someone who's going to say, this is what we do, this is our minig. And that it's like that in Allah also, right? But it doesn't make marriage successful. It doesn't, doesn't make, it means you enforcing your minhagim on wife and you make her. No, you're not imposing on anyone. What you're doing is you're saying, this is, we're a hemshich of my Messiah. We're a hemshich of my Messiah. And I'm continuing the Messiah that I was in the capital over here. You say, I'm I'm suffering, I'm breaking That's why we got on dates. That's why we got on a date. You know, if she doesn't like, she doesn't like your nusuf, then she better drop you what is, what is on, on the third date. A successful marriage is creating a successful bias. I didn't mean, I'm not talking about shalom bias. I'm talking about the house that you're putting together. It's a simple story. Let me just say so we can finish recording and go upstairs tomorrow and I'll continue with this afterwards. But Rabbi if someone wants to come into a chuppah, you want to successfully run a bias, you have to know where you're a product of. You have to have a certain. It's not from your parents. If it's not from your grandparents, well, your bias is a product of your servant. There's no such thing in Yiddish kind of like I'll just like you know whatever feels right, whatever 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 clicks with me, right? Whatever I feel, whatever whatever I'm feeling this year. No, that's a disaster. That's that's a travesty of Yiddish Yiddishkeit, your bias is about lemishpachaisim, lebeisavaisim. And again, if it didn't come from the tata, the zayda comes from your rebbeim. But if it comes from the tata, it comes from the tata, and and. This is the blend that we have of the individuality, which we were just discussing, that my wagon, I have to create my wagon, the, the, the degree to which I make myself a wagon to bring the Shekhinah is, that's what, the, that's what the, 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 uh, my personalized Shekhinah will look like, but it has to be, ultimately, my personal spin on the Mishpachayslam, my Minhagam, that I was in the Kabul, my Mishayro, and what I bring to the table in Klai Yisrael. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful Shabbat.